0: Geminit, a podcast about knitting, spinning, and dyeing, and other crafts in Mid-America. Welcome to Season 4. Today's episode is The Story of Yarn. And because it's a new season, it seems like a good time to introduce ourselves again. Hi, I'm Sherry. I'm the podcast host, and I knit and spin and weave. And I am very active in the Kansas City Fibers Art community. I go to, in between groups, in meetings, and guild meetings, I go to three a week. It's crazy. And how are you? I'm good. And hi,
1: I'm Tamara. I'm a knitwear designer and a writer and a knitter and a hiker, and I read and volunteer, and I'm a mom of teens. Okay. So what are you working on? So I'm working on a pair of mittens from uh, Tierra Wool's Churro Yarn. Uh-huh. Um, th- this is one of the yarns we're going to talk about this season, and so I've been playing with it, and I love it. I knew as soon as I saw it, I went on a fiber tour of the Upper Rio Grande in 2019, and I knew as, so- as soon as I saw this yarn, I wanted it to be mittens. so I'm getting ready to mm-hmm. finally cast-,
0: cast on some mittens. Nice, nice. I like it when yarn marinates for a while before I use it. I am working on the podcast so much. <laughs> it's like all of my time this week uh has been getting ready for the new season. The reason why I bring it up is be watching for a new uh web tile. We I'm I'm changing the look of it just a little bit. Um so that should be loading up into your podcast feed potentially with this episode. And then what I am working on right this minute is a pair of socks. Yep. So it is the self-striping yarn. It's by OnLine. The brand is called OnLine. I love their yarn, their colors. And this one is four ply merino extra fine. So, it is super soft and I love it, but I wonder if it's going to be as hard wearing. But uh, I could not resist these colors. So, here we are. It's really pretty. Um, I actually brought a different thing to knit
1: while we talk because it's mindless. And this Mm -hmm. is my hat that I started out of the six ply sock yarn. I finally finished those socks that we were talking about. Um, Because I was at a concert when I finished them, I thought, well, I have yarn. I'm still here for a while. I'm going to do this hat. And I think concert season is over, so I no longer need to save it just for when I'm someplace where I don't need to think. So I'm working Mm -hmm. on it whenever I feel like it now.
0: Excellent. So there is one other thing I am working on and that is this afternoon as soon as the podcast is done recording i am headed out for the wool study group which is a monthly group that is a part of the greater kansas city fiber guild we get together once a month and we spin and weave it's sort of like a sheep to shawl practice and um, that is this afternoon i'll be the weaver that sounds like fun um I have one more thing too.
1: I Mm -hmm. finished everything on the top down poncho out of Malabrigo Rio in that really pretty deep Jupiter yarn, except Mm -hmm. for the neckline. I still need to make some decisions about the neckline. So it is currently sitting in, I'm not going to call it in timeout. It's not in trouble, but it's, it's, under it's paused because I need to Mm -hmm. think through the options there but I really love this one it's the worsted weight and it's got the beautiful cable from the Amelia sweater of mine and I love the yarn it's just I need I need to be sure I'm happy with the neckline before I move forward so that one's Mm -hmm. kind of on pause in fact I'm staring at it by my feet right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is important to set things up where you can just look at them sometimes Are we ready for uh, the body of the show? Yeah, I'm ready. I am too, all right. Uh, Season four, the story of yarn. I am so excited about this one. This season, we're going to do some uh, research on where yarn comes from and how it's made, what goes into making the yarns that uh, we love. I am so excited about this uh, new season and what we have planned. There's gonna be some field trips, some hopefully meeting some sheep in person, talking to people and swatching yarn.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited, too. I love a good story, and I love a good yarn, so I'm really excited to pull those two things together and dive deeper into the story of yarn from our area and beyond. I know that most of my yarn either started in a field or on the back of a creature in a field, and I'm super Mm -hmm. interested to kind of go from there And I'm thinking of it as an interview with Yarn. In fact, I even have interview questions written up like I would for a person I'm interviewing for an article. So I'm super excited to move forward with that.
0: So, yeah, it's going to be our uh, same swatch episodes that we have done in the past, except for the format will be tweaked just a little bit to be an interview. It's quite exciting. And while this season isn't necessarily local... Uh, as in we can review any yarn, I am very excited to be um, taking it from a local point of view because there is so much here in the Midwest, in Middle America, and it just doesn't seem to be featured very often. And the being able to interview them, the yarn, the people, uh, books, maybe even techniques, is... Um, I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, me too. And I like that we're we're starting with yarns that either we live near or we've traveled to. Mm-hmm. Because in part, we've already met these yarns. And so we're already curious about them or we're already working with them or have wanted to work with them for some time. But also, it's an effort to keep our fiber dollars as local as we can. Now, really, any... Any fiber that's USA grown or USA processed is a help to the USA wool industry. But mm-hmm. even even more than that, um, we can look close to home and then kind of further afield. And a lot of my choices are a little further afield because it's places I've traveled, driven to from the Kansas area and out west and to the southwest because mm-hmm. I spend a chunk of my time that direction also.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited. Me too. Okay. So uh, we are also going to do a little bit of our own stories about why we like yarn, why we chose yarn, why we're passionate about yarn. And uh, Tamara, why don't you go first on this one? Okay. So... Fiber arts have always been
1: a part and important to me. Very, very young, my mom realized that. And she started me making macrame hangings and hook rugs and counted cross stitch. And not only was that, you know, I'm sure hand-eye coordination and small motor skills, but it was also, this kid is super interested in this thing. I'm going to see what I can do to grow Mm -hmm. that, which is an awesome, awesome way to start. So then it fell away for a while. You get busy like you do. And then just out of college, I was in a new job, and I was in a new town, and I found my way back to fiber arts by taking a Parks and Rec beginning weaving class. And not too long after that, I found a used loom, and I wove for years on my 36-inch floor loom that moved from Mm -hmm. location to location with us. And then I think it was 2005, just after the birth of our second small person, Sherry came to stay with us. Um, you came to stay with us and you brought with you a beginning knitting kit and got me started on a hat and yes. very quickly after that I sold the loom and I, I bought a spinning wheel there was a little side trip there but it turns out spinning was not for me and I sold the spinning wheel and I bought a whole bunch of yarn and realized that that was my real love taking some sticks and string and making them into something beautiful that's me that's why I yarn
0: Yes, and it's because of you that I started weaving. Uh, I had been interested as a child, but it was you joining the guild that made me realize that people actually did it, and it's something that could be done. So, I love yarn so much. Um, The colors, the textures, of the fact that it's uh, flexible and soft and then it can be manipulated into the sheets of fabric, whether it's knitted or woven or whatever. but. I like to make things. I've, I've always, always made things. And whether it was my stint with ceramics or painting or whatever. And I was thinking about why yarn? All of those other things I would dive into hardcore for maybe three years. And then I would um, move on to something else. And I've been doing yarn stuff for 28 years now. Shocking, I know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and I was thinking about it. And it's because of the people, the community, Um, whether it is the informal groups or the guilds or um, the community online, the ability to talk it over and to learn and to teach and to share and just having the people around in my life where I can bounce ideas off of and get inspiration from and uh, have the shared language and shared love. And I did not find this, it exists in other places too, but uh, for other crafts too, but I did not find it for them. Being able to find it for the fiber community was life-changing, and that is really what kept me from getting bored after a while and moving on, is being able to share my love and passion with other people and have them share theirs with me.
1: Yeah, I'm sort of jealous of your fiber community. You really have a lot going on in the Kansas City area. And it's awesome to hear you talk about it. We have a new knitting group that started in my small college town, and that's awesome. I love it. Uh, mm-hmm. I go every week that I can make it now. Uh, I used to go to the one before I took a you know, an eight to five job recently. I used to go the one that I couldn't make any longer, and so it's awesome to find an evening one. That's really great, and it's also awesome to see. I said it's a college town. There are a lot of college-age people that come to this knit night, so knitting is still very much a thing that young people do, and I love it.
0: Yes, and you are right. Kansas City has a very large and very thriving uh, community. Um, When I moved away from Kansas City, I really missed it. I could not wait to get back here. This is uh, where I belong. However, everywhere I've lived, even in the most rural of area, I've always been able to find at least a handful of people to get together with And um, there is always the online rather, whether it was on Ravelry or um, through a chat board, just always I've been able to uh, find somebody, but yeah, Kansas City is amazing.
1: Yeah, and I look for yarn when I travel. When you travel with small people, it's sort of hard to carve out time for something you're interested in. You maybe spend a lot more time in caves than you would if you had a choice <laughs> or something, right? But I do always try to find a yarn store when we travel, which is why some of the yarns that we'll talk about are ones that I've met while traveling in the
0: mm-hmm.
1: New Mexico, Colorado, Arizona area area. And you're right. There there are always Fiverr people. It may just be you need to be there for a little bit of time before you figure out where to find them. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it does take effort. Uh, I've always found it to be well worth it. Podcast announcements. Join the Geminit Podcast group on Ravelry and follow us on uh, Gemini Podcast on Instagram. And
1: for me, I'm on Instagram as Tamra Moots. That's where I talk about knitwear design and hiking and life stuff. And then also as Tall Grass Knitting. That's my Etsy shop with knitting toolkits and gifts for knitters. And I'm excited that I'm
0: writing on the blog again. That's Com. I'm loving your new articles on the blog. Everybody should check that out. Um, does the blog and the newsletter go together or are they completely separate?
1: They're separate. Uh There is a place to sign. I do have a newsletter. There's a place to sign up for it on the side of the blog there. But really, I haven't tried to grow that newsletter by big promotions or anything. Mm -hmm. It's very organic. I figure... If you are reading my newsletter, it's because you truly wanted to know what I'm up to. (laughs) And I'm okay with that. I have 187 people that truly want to know what I'm up to. And that is okay with me. I would love to grow it, but I don't want to grow it artificially and then watch people drop away.
0: Uh So Right. No, that makes sense. And speaking of growing things, rate and review this podcast go into your whatever podcast uh, player you use give us uh, stars hopefully five stars and that will help bring us up to the top for so that other people can find us that would be much appreciated thank you i think we have introduced the new season pretty well so let's move on to that's entertainment i have started Watching, rewatching Doctor Who, the uh, new Who, uh, starting with uh, Chris Eccleson in getting ready for the 60-year anniversary this November. So uh, I've made it all the way through season one and started in on season two. I ha- I love season one. I know I'm sort of in a minority for that because they're, uh, the special effects are really, really bad, even by Doctor Who standards. <laughs> um, but I feel like the storylines um, are well-written and... Um, uh, the emotional aspects are really good, and then we have season two moves into uh, the David Tennant era, and um, oh, it starts off it starts off real rocky. I'm um, like three bad episodes in a row. Um, it starts getting better soon. I've, I just have to hang in there. But right now, <laughs> I'm like, wow. I've I remember living through this the first time, and I was like, ooh, should I keep going with this? Uh, with this show, but it is worth it. I'm enjoying it. It's like some feel good TV that I am watching right now. At the moment, it is available on HBO. That's awesome. It makes me wonder if I want to rewatch them, but
1: not right now. Uh huh. Do you have
0: anything else here? Yes. The other thing is it's springtime, and that means lots of time outside taking care of the lawn. I, most of my flower beds are uh, plants that I have gathered from friends and family for two reasons. One, I think getting startings from other people's uh, gardens is super romantic. I like going out and saying this, you know, this one came from this person and this one came from that person. You have memories of them and it's just romantic. Also, it's free. And I'm cheap. So it's like twofold. And so I love that about my uh, flower gardens. But this spring, I uh, was in just a big box um, hardware store. And I was in the plant section. And they had these dark red-black four-leaf clovers. Uh, I pulled them up. There's going to be a link in the show notes. And they're called... I'm going to try really hard with this Latin, quadra quadrifolium. Every time I go out and look at them in my flower beds, they just make me smile. Having these dark burgundy purple four-leaf clovers. So I am hoping that they thrive and spread here in the Midwest, and that they're not delicate because they seem pretty exotic. So I'm hoping to spread them. But if they don't, I think next year I might buy three or four or five pots and then just plant them around because they make me so happy. Yeah, that's awesome. Growing things make me happy too.
1: Okay. So for me, I have a book and a show. So first the book, I read Rosalind Palmer or Rosalind Palmer Takes the Cake by Alexis Uh Hall. And, um, this book is very, very careful not to say that it's based off of The Great British Baking Show, but it's based off of The Great British Baking <laughs> Show. <laughs> and it looks at the single mom, Rosalind. She's earned a spot on this, the nation's beloved baking show. Again, very careful not to say Great British Baking Show. Anyways, um, she makes it into the show, and this looks at... It's a story told... During the filming of the episodes, and then you know life outside of the episodes, and then again when the episodes come up and show to the audience, which is ages later, uh, and it's super fun. There's a lot of baking. There's a romance. There's a you know not you know, some unhappiness between some of the contestants, and I just thought it was a it was a lot of fun to read. So that's that's my book. Mhm. Yeah. And I love the Great British Baking Show, so that's kind of how I got roped into it. But she's got a second and a third one in this series that I'm excited about, too. So, that's... Yeah. And then we watched the Andor series. Uh Uh-huh. This one, I think, is the best Star Wars I've seen since the original trilogies when I was young and fell in love with the Star Wars universe. Uh, If you know me, or have known me, you know that I... There are periods in my life where I can quote entire sections of the original Star Wars movies. Like mm-hmm. I loved them. I loved them a lot, and I think Andor was that same quality, or at least I love it as much as I loved them. So I'm actually going to try to rope the teenagers into rewatching those episodes again this summer while both of them are home, um, uh-huh. and I'm pre- I'm pretty excited about it. This one takes place um, before the Rogue One movie. And it's the story of um, Cassian Andor. He's a rebel spy and kind of his backstory. And plus, they're just good stories. I loved them. And the second season is filming now. I don't think it's coming out until sometime crazy like August of 2024. But they're filming it right now. So Mm -hmm. that's exciting, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have heard good things about that. I will have to remember to watch that. When it is time for me to um, turn off HBO and turn back on Disney Plus, yeah, so, there's tw- yeah,
1: there's twelve episodes, and we currently don't have Disney Plus turned on. Um, uh-huh. We'll have we'll have to switch around our stuff um, to rewatch it, but we're also waiting for other things to come up on Disney Plus. So I think I think we're gonna do that here before super long.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly the way I handle it. It's like, because after a while, it's like, oh, I've watched everything I want to watch. So I'll turn it off for about six months and then all new stuff is loaded. And yeah, so I switch around too. Well, this has been everything for today. So uh, thank you for listening. Bye now.